Hi, everyone, and welcome to Do Better Podcast. My name is Sarah Merrifield. I finally have a name for my podcast, so I'm excited. Um, I chose the name Do Better because this podcast is all about your actions and how they affect the world around you and how we can all do better and do our part to make the world better. So Do Better is the name. Glad to finally have it. Um, So today I'm going to be talking about a couple of different things, just like last time. Um, And to start out, I want to say I will be talking about sensitive topics on this podcast. So social justice, oppression, things that people really go through. Um, And I have knowledge on these topics because I do educate myself and I have studied sociology, but obviously I don't know everything and I'm young and I do hold privilege in a lot of areas Um, so sometimes I'll be talking about things that I haven't personally experienced, um, such as racism. And I want to say that I get most of my information from people in marginalized communities. And so the information that I share will typically be from someone in the group. And if it is a group that I'm a part of, then I will feel free to share my opinion. But this podcast isn't just about my opinion. It's about factual evidence of what we can do, what harm is being done right now, and what we can do to do better. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, And if I ever get anything wrong, or if I do put too much of my opinion into something, and I just kind of smuddle the message, please let me know. I'm always growing, always learning, always trying to do better, which is the whole motto of this entire podcast. So please let me know, get in contact with me. Um, And I'd be happy to address anything that I screwed up. Um, So today I wanted to talk about something that happened recently. um, That is the murder of the rapper Nipsey Hussle. Um, Very tragic. He was killed March 31st outside of his clothing store in L.A. Um, Nipsey Hussle was a Grammy-nominated rapper. He started out um, at a street gang when he was younger and he wanted to get out of that way of life. So he got into the music scene working with Drake, Snoop Dogg, um, Jay-Z, a few other people. He started way back in 2005 by releasing his first mixtape, but he didn't release his first album until last year. And that was Grammy nominated. Um, So that's awesome that his first album was Grammy nominated. Um, He also got really involved in revitalizing the black community. Um, He became a part of Destination Crenshaw, which is going to be an open-air museum honoring Black artistic achievement. It's supposed to be in this area where um, a train passes through that comes from LAX, so a lot of international visitors will be able to see it, and it'll kind of help revitalize that area as well. Um, I was reading an article about it, pretty interesting. It's also supposed to coincide with a lot of gentrification in the area, which a lot of the activists working on this project say isn't really preventable. That's not really what they're trying to prevent with this project. It's just to bring the history back to the area. So I thought that was cool. Um, Nipsey also also helped open the Vector 90, which is a co-working space in STEM Center, bringing attention to the need for diversity in STEM. And he said it would be a bridge between Silicon Valley and the inner city. So that's super cool as well. Um, Definitely a lot of underrepresentation in those fields. So that's awesome that he was working on that. Um, So he was applauded by a lot of people and respected and admired by a lot of people. Um, 
I know a lot of people personally in my life were heartbroken that he was murdered so young, um, doing a lot of great work in this world. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories about why he was killed. Um, but he was, and it's very tragic and hopefully there'll be justice for that. But there's another side to his story that I find interesting. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about him until he died, which regrettably is kind of my track record and a lot of people's track records with people that die. We don't really learn about them until they pass away. And then we realize how cool they were and we wish that we had listened to their music or (laughs) consumed their art when they were alive. Um, But he also is a very controversial person, especially in the queer community. Um, He got in trouble in 2018 for saying a string of homophobic things. Um, So the first incident that happened is he posted a picture of a group of formerly dressed black boys and had a caption that said, um, like, these men are not hyper-violent, not homosexual, not abandoners, just strong black men and young men. Um, God is with us who can go against us. Um, and this caused controversy almost immediately. He deleted the comment, but it was too late. I mean, people screenshot things and it goes viral. And there was a lot of backlash against this because he put in the same sentence, hyperviolent, homosexual, and abandoners, which are, I mean, two of those things are things that I guess black men are stereotyped as and is like, this toxic masculinity and then homosexual is totally doesn't fit in there. doesn't belong in there. It's not comparable at all. So a lot of people were really offended at this. Um, later he was asked about it in an interview and he said he loves all God's children, but he also said there's a gay agenda and he doesn't want to support anyone's agenda, which I mean, what is the gay agenda? Like being gay? <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's anything else on the gay agenda besides being gay, but that's what he said. He clearly was very uneducated on that topic. Um, and so just looking into this figure, you know, when someone passes away, we have a tendency to paint them a certain way. And I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of delve into this complicated person and kind of dissect his legacy and see, is it positive? Is it negative? Is it like, we can't really say it's one or the other. It's different things for different people. And, um, I follow a lot of black news sources on Facebook and a lot of them were posting things saying that, um, one of the articles from Afropunk, I think it said black LGBTQ people have a right to feel how they want to about Nipsey Hussle. And I really liked that because it wasn't telling people to feel a certain way. It was just validating someone's feelings. If they're going to say, you know, he caused me harm. He, perpetuated these really oppressive ideas about queer people and just because he died I don't want to make him seem like a hero um well you know at the same time we still can acknowledge the great things that he did for the black community um and so delving deeper into this kind of there's this whole machismo and and, um homophobia in the black community and in the hip-hop community Um, A lot of rappers are known for using homophobic lyrics, um, transphobic, sexist, misogynistic, all of those things. Um, That's very popular in that community. Um, And a lot of it ties into this idea of toxic masculinity and then this also intersection of race 
um, creating this toxic black masculinity. So I read this article from NBC News from George M. Johnson. Um, This quote says, Because the truth is toxic black masculinity kills. Rumors have circulated in the past few days that Nipsey Hussle was murdered by a man who felt disrespected in the rapper's clothing store following a personal dispute. Masculinity didn't protect him, and now he's dead. Well, I'm tired of black death, and I'm tired of so many members of our community, my community, attempting to hold onto ideals that have been proven to cause so much pain and fear. Um, so that that's wild, first of all, that he could have been murdered by someone that felt disrespected. Um, and clearly someone lashing out in that way, they're not doing that for a logical reason, and there are a lot of issues with men why they react in such violent ways and a lot of it has to do with this toxic masculinity um which is defined by monique judge in an article in the root that says toxic masculinity is a set of harmful behavior patterns rooted in patriarchy in which men are hypersexual misogynistic homophobic violent and unemotional in black men it is magnified because it is rooted in the idea that society is always trying to emasculate black men um which I thought was really interesting. If you haven't seen it, there's a documentary called The Mask You Live In, which is about this very thing, about toxic masculinity, that I definitely recommend to everyone. Um, Because under these systems of oppression, everyone suffers. Um, And of course, the one that is being oppressed suffers the most, but people that are um, superior and have the power also suffer, and they often don't realize it. Um, So men suffer under the patriarchy as well because they cannot be their full selves. Like um, in a lot of communities, it's considered like pretty much a sin for a man to be gay, but it might be a little bit more accepted for a woman to be gay. So it's this kind of double intersection of race and gender um, happening here. And the patriarchy isn't working for anyone because men have to turn to violence and aggression to express their emotions because in our society we tell them to squash their emotions um, at risk of being feminine and being homosexual, which is seen as a crime. Um, And so he did, you know, he hurt some people by saying this and by supporting these ideals, but there was something deeper to it. I don't think he really just wanted to be a hateful person. What he's saying I mean, this whole gay agenda thing, that's just regurgitated. Like, he got that from somewhere, and he just regurgitated the information. Um, He didn't come up with that on his own. That's a really old um, kind of rhetoric in the homophobic community, I guess. Um, And so, you know, I don't blame him for having these ideas. And it's really tragic that he had to be killed before he could address these things and learn better and do better. Um, and this whole thing is complicated, um, in terms of discussing his impact, I guess, because I am white and I, I can't fully understand what he meant for people in the black community, people going through some of the same struggles that he went through and he got out of, um, and the kind of hope and inspiration that he provided them. So I'm not really trying to get anyone to think any certain way about him or about anyone I talk about, in this podcast, um, I just think it's important to acknowledge the good and the bad in everyone. And so moving on from there, I want to talk about cancel culture. So a lot of us have probably heard people online saying this person is canceled, that person is canceled. Um, It's this thing that's come about fairly recently where 
we as a culture or as an individual and it spreads, we decide to boycott someone, um, stop consuming their art, their work, stop supporting them, stop promoting them. Um, it originated on black Twitter, which is, is a segment of Twitter of black users focused on issues that affect their own community. Um, and it refers to capitalism actually, because it's transactional. So it refers to the attention economy. This is from professor at U of M, Lisa Nakamura. Um, she described it as an agreement not to amplify signal boost, give money to when you deprive someone of your attention, you're depriving them of a livelihood. Um, which is really disturbing that some people have to make their living um, from the attention of others. And I know a lot of us are suffering under capitalism a lot more than these celebrities are, um, but just capitalism, like this system where some of us have to be in the fields 14 hours a day making a couple bucks a day, I'm talking about mostly immigrants and lower class folks here, and then others of us have to entertain the public or we don't have a livelihood. It's, it's, it's a sad system. It really is, I think. Um, and so this cancel culture has risen to like meme status. It's blown up so much. People overuse it all the time. Um, and it turns out people cancel just about anyone that they don't like. Um, and for me, it really, it, it's relevant when someone has done something problematic, but apparently people are doing it when people don't do anything problematic either. Um, this one article was saying that someone just put on Twitter, Erica Badu is canceled, no explanation, no backstory, anything. And then people jumped on the bandwagon, <laughs> which kind of shows the disturbing nature of social media is people don't need any background information. They will believe you and they will run with whatever you give them. Um, which is sad. Like, we have better things to do than be dissecting celebrities' lives, first of all. Um, and I think this whole thing, it's its problematic. Like, anytime there's a cultural trend, I really take to the task of dissecting it. I don't want to just accept what society feeds me. Um, and I think cancel culture is very problematic, actually. It reflects this this kind of idea around celebrities. Like we have these unhumanly high standards for them. We idolize them. And the second they disappoint us, we want to drop them. Um, they're human beings. Like they're, they're not perfect. And to have your every single move and word um, televised and amplified for the world must be extremely stressful. It leads to a lot of mistakes, a lot of, you know, screw-ups and disappointing people, and I imagine that we would all say a lot of silly things if we were constantly under a microscope. So I think it's really unhealthy, like, the way that we view celebrities, first of all. Um, and people really feel like it's this expression of power that they have. They they feel like, you know, I, I have the power to remove someone from my life, and we cancel people in our own lives as well. Um, you know, your ex-boyfriend, whatever, like some, someone you don't want to deal with anymore who could be toxic. But I, I don't think it's effective. And there are a lot of experts saying this whole idea of canceling someone is not effective. Um, isolating someone does not solve any problems that the person created. Um, you're really cutting off the lines of communication when something could be worked through. Um, it doesn't allow acceptance of someone if they decide to change. It doesn't treat them as a human, give them the time and a chance to do better because no one is perfect. 
um, if we just cancel them automatically and we say this is for good, this is a permanent thing, they might not have an incentive to change. Um, And they might not even realize what they did wrong. They might just take what you're doing as being cruel, which a lot of people are saying. A lot of celebrities have reacted really negatively to this and had really negative emotional impacts on them, calling canceling a form of bullying, cyberbullying, because it's really tarnishing their public reputation. Um, And really, who's to decide why someone is canceled? Like, is there a hierarchy? Is it like what level of of offensiveness, of problematicness, warrants canceling someone uh, who can really come up with that you know and the fact that people can do it for anyone they can put it on twitter they can put it on facebook instagram whatever it'll blow up and that person's reputation might be ruined um that's scary that's you know we think we have power but at the same time there are a lot of people out there that will still continue to consume that artist's work um even with celebrities that have done horrible things people still support them because they're either naive, they don't know what's going on, they don't care. Um, They think that the art is separate from the artist, which is a complicated subject as well. Um, They'll still get money like these celebrities, you know. How can we really convince ourselves that we're doing a whole lot to affect them um, just by deciding that we don't support them? Um, So it's this lack of conversation that's cutting off the lines of communication. Um, And of course, with celebrities, it's not so easy for us to get in contact with them and talk out these social issues. If only they had some sort of email where you could contact them with important things, because I would definitely be hitting up some of my favorite celebrities and asking them why the fuck they did certain things. Um, (laughs) Lady Gaga wearing fur. Um, But... As far as in our own lives as well, I think we have this issue with communication these days. Um, I have had so many issues with communicating with people in the past year of my life, and it's been very rough and very difficult. And I've I've been extremely frustrated time and time again at the lack of communication skills that people have. People would rather shut down. People would rather block you out of their life than get into a potentially uncomfortable situation or conversation um, to really be honest and open about their feelings or address their issues with you. And I think communication is the solution for almost every problem. Like think about how many people have gotten divorced just because they didn't want to go to counseling or work something out. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to give up on a lot of relationships in my life because I'm unwilling to be an adult and, have difficult conversations and admit that I make mistakes. Um, everyone's too much in their ego to <laughs> have these conversations. And that's, that's a modern tragedy, if you ask me. Um, and we also, as a society, we kind of just shut people down that think different from us. You know, there's this whole duality going on right now where it's like conservative versus liberal, Democrat versus Republican, um, you know, what have you. And, I think the whole thing is a big joke anyways, because there's corrupt people on both sides. Obviously, on certain issues, I'm, I'm a very liberal person. But I think to, you know, kid ourselves and say that one party is with us or against us isn't true, because all politicians don't want what's best for us. Um, that's what I believe, is, um, at least. Um, And there's this really dangerous tendency these days to just shut people down. And it's like this 
group dynamic, this this group think where even amongst liberals, like I think a lot of liberals are just as close minded as conservatives are. Um, I've tried to have conversations with a lot of liberals and talk about, you know, why is Bernie Sanders problematic? Like, he's not an angel. Like, why are these candidates problematic? They are. Like, we need to confront that. We need to not just be willing to accept what the Democratic Party is feeding us and what the media is feeding us because, you know, they're, they're all not to be trusted. And people kid themselves thinking that they're on the right side when there really isn't a right side, I think. Um... So it's this whole not being able to accept free thinking. Um, and I've, I've witnessed firsthand a lot of people trying to encourage or start a different type of conversation in social justice issues. And the second they deviate from the accepted approach to this social justice issue, people accuse them of being on the opposing side, of being conservative, being racist, being homophobic, what have you. Um, and people have accused me of being these things, even pertaining to groups that I am a part of, um, because they just, they're just coming from a place of ignorance and defensiveness and ego, and they don't want to accept that anyone could have a different opinion than them. But I don't really want to you know, take the information I'm being fed. I want to like, think about it more. Um, and that's that's a really missed opportunity here. Like the fact that we can't have open conversations about things because people are so scared that they're going to be labeled problematic and we're all problematic. Like we are all problematic in different ways. Like no one is 100% woke. And so like the fact that we're all living in fear, a lot of us are living in fear about, you know, speaking our truth and having open conversations where a lot of understanding could happen is really, you know, I think holding us back in society. And I'm not saying that we need to like be protecting racists or anything and just let anyone say whatever the fuck they want. Not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying if, you know, if someone is educating themselves and putting in the work and they have some sort of different idea or question or opinion about something, like we should be able to have a conversation about that and not immediately shut them down. Because people, you know, we're fed these these ideas our entire lives. You know, we live in a racist, sexist, homophobic, capitalist, classist, ableist society, speciesist society. And it's not our fault that we have these ideas in our head. But it is our fault if we continue to believe them when we know that they're not right. And we, we have access to better information that will allow us to be more educated and more conscious about the world around us um, and putting in the work to really get there and to do better and to advocate for better. Um, that's what we all need to be doing. Um, so alternatives to canceling someone. Um, this one woman said we should be counseling instead of canceling. So, you know, helping people to get to a better place, um, you know, opening up the lines of communication instead of just shaming them. Because people tend to get really defensive and and shut down when they're being shamed. I mean, I've witnessed an activism, like an animal rights activism. You don't go up to someone and say, you eat animals, you fucking suck, bro. Like, no one's going to listen to you. No one's going to save animals if you do that. But if you, you know, approach them and you have a good conversation with them and you really start to break down all these ideas they have in their head against veganism, that's when you get through to people. And I, I sure as hell know that before I was vegan, I wouldn't have listened to someone shaming me. 
And so there's a time and a place for different types of activism. I do believe that. Um, but in general, I think we need to have a better approach to affecting change in individuals. Um, so some examples of celebrities that have been canceled, um, Kevin Hart, Kanye West, Michael Jackson, Nicki Minaj, Roseanne, Liam Neeson. Um, the Liam Neeson thing happened recently he came out saying that he was, I think, in Europe at one point, and he found out that his friend's daughter was raped by a black man. And he admitted openly that he went outside that day and was so angry that he decided in his head that the next black man he saw, he would hurt and possibly kill. And luckily, he did not see a black man that day. But... <clears throat> He said this and, you know, everyone flipped out. That's, that's really out there thing to say. That's not like a normal, <laughs> like, well, I locked my car door. Like, I know it's racist. I'm trying to do better. Like he was completely racially profiling, completely, you know, blaming an entire group for the actions of one individual. Um, absolutely horrible. But he openly admitted this, and hopefully he did that because he's trying to be better and he's working to be better. I'm not really sure. Um, but Trevor Noah, which is a South African comedian who's super awesome, if you don't know him, definitely look him up. Um, he had a different take on this, and he said that if Liam Neeson had a chance to have a conversation with, like, say, Ellen or a talk show host about his racist incident, we wouldn't be so harsh on him. Um, which I kind of see what he's saying, although Liam Neeson did say this in an interview, I think. So he had the chance to talk about it. And he did, he kind of said after, like, oh, I know it's wrong. Like, I feel so bad about this. But I think people just would have rather not heard it. Like, they would have just rather him never admitted it and just try to be better every single day. Because that's a very, like, <laughs> triggering and upsetting thing that he's saying. And, you know, the fact that he was ever that extreme in his views is terrifying to people of color um but I do think yeah having a conversation like being willing to admit your mistakes like we've all thought problematic things and said them and done them and a lot of us don't want to admit it but if we do a lot of good could come out of it um we could admit that we're not perfect that we're not 100% woke um like we're all socialized to be racist, sexist, etc. So of course, sometimes our biases will take over. Like me still, even, you know, once in a while I'll have a problematic thought. Like that's, that's normal. Like no one, it'd be really hard to get those entirely out of your head. And a lot of the time I think of them and I'm, I'm immediately like, I mean, every time I'm immediately like, why did I just think that? Like, you know, because I got that message from somewhere. I see Fox News, like, you know, on Facebook, someone making fun of it. And I just listen to it. And I'm like, it's somewhere in the back of my mind. And I don't believe it. But it just pops up at some point, And I'm like, wait, that's not even close to being true. Um, and even about groups I'm a part of, like, it still happens. You know, I still think like, anti-feminist things. And then I'm like, hold up, wait, what? <laughs> because, you know, we get all of these sources of information, and we have to make sense of them. And, you know, I think if we all learn to address our biases, this world would be a lot safer and a lot better, um, especially when it comes to people in positions of power, such as police officers. Um, if police officers had implicit bias training and learned that they are socialized to racial profile, like we are all socialized to be more scared of people of color. That is a fact. 
but we can do something to address that and to stop believing that and to stop taking action on that because they may not think that they're racist, but they get out there and they have a gun and they have a few seconds to make a decision about someone. Are they going to shoot at the white person or the black person? I mean, the person that they're socialized to be afraid of and to think is aggressive and violent. Um, And that leads to tragedy time and time again, like literally almost every single day in this country. So clearly we're not addressing this in the right way and saying, I'm not racist. I'm not this. I'm not that. That's not good enough because it's not a matter of you are, or you aren't. It's we're all socialized this way. Are you working to fight against it or are you not? Because there's, there's a lot of passively racist people in this country. And that's, you know, people that don't go out and wield tiki torches, but they're the people that think racist things without addressing them. And that's the majority of this country, unless you put in the work to be anti-racist. And that's really what we want to get people to be, is to fight against racism, to fight against social oppression. Um, Because if you're not doing anything against it, you're silently supporting it. Um, This one YouTube video by Kimberly Ann Foster, she was quoting Aj Lord, saying that anger must be put to use to be transformative. So it's one thing to be angry at someone, and it's very valid to be angry, especially if you belong to a marginalized community. But it's not inherently transformative to be angry, unless you put that anger to use. Um, And that applies to just activism in general. Like, we see all of these issues in our society, and unless we do something about it, like, we're just going to be angry, and we're just going to let our stress and our anger eat away at us and literally kill us prematurely because of it. But if we allow ourselves to, you know, do as much as we can to fight for a better world, then we'll feel better and, you know, we'll we'll start to feel like we have a purpose. Um, and change can be made, you know, very, very slowly, but change can be made. Um, another interesting point is that this whole idea of canceling someone, um, someone was saying in this article that disposability is a pillar of the prison industrial complex. Um, when we think someone has done something wrong, we put them out of our sight, out of our mind, and they, we disappear them. Like, they're gone to us. And that's what happens in the criminal justice system with a lot of people that don't deserve the label of a criminal. Um, because under our system, the laws are not just. Um, they're not enforced the same way for every single person. They're enforced differently for a white person than a black person, a woman than a man, a cisgender person than a transgender person. And so the law isn't just. And so I do not believe that everyone in prison belongs there. And not everyone there, you know, should be labeled a criminal. I don't think that's a valid label for someone. There are people that do things wrong. All of us. I mean, everyone does things wrong, but people end up in jail because they do something wrong that's different than what you did wrong and they got caught for it and you didn't um so yeah we don't want to just be tossing people away the second they do something wrong because that's really going against their humanity and that's why we have such a problem in this society with oppression is because um we're not willing to fully accept people for everything that they are we only see them as one thing um brian stevenson a Um, prison reform advocate and lawyer said people are more than the worst thing they've ever done so you know think about all these people that are suffering their entire lives for one bad thing that they did and you the worst thing you ever did you were never caught no one will ever know um so that's not really fair um 
in terms of rehabilitating people and um, repairing situations, there's something called restorative justice, which is returning to in the criminal justice system, or I call it the injustice system. But um, so in restorative justice, they rehabilitate both the offenders and the victims, and they reconcile them with each other and the community at large. So it's kind of looking at the root of issues. Like, why do people act out? Why do people break the law, which isn't a justified law? Why do people behave in these ways? Um, it's because of these deeper forces. And, you know, Nipsey Hussle said homophobic things because he had been socialized to think those things. I don't think he was just born evil wanting to, you know, harm people, queer people, just live in their lives. Like, no, there's a reason behind that. So in restorative justice, we would look at, you know, educating both parties, um, making sure this doesn't happen again, making sure both people are mentally and emotionally okay. Because a lot of times the offenders are also suffering. That's why they lash out and that's why they do things. Um, and in this case, he was suffering under the patriarchy as well, under this image of what a black man should be, um, which he he accepted and he he put out there and hurt a lot of people because that's something that a lot of activists right now are fighting against this image, especially in the black community. Um, people deserve to be who they are and love who they are, no matter who they are. Um, and so I just want to, you know, advocate for a better solution out there in terms of this whole communication, this whole legacy and just, you know, deciding who people are to us. Like people aren't good or bad. People aren't, the worst thing they've ever done and people aren't the best thing they've ever done. Human beings are very complicated and ethics, you know, we love to think ethics is black and white. I, you know, I do this, like, I'm like, Oh, I would never do that. But then it's like, what about in this situation? Yes, you would do it. Um, that's more of like a philosophy thing, but things are not black or white. Um, and I think it's personal for each person, like why you decide to cancel someone. Like for me personally, it is, rape. Like I will not support any celebrities that have committed rape. Um, because that's just, that's not a mistake. That's not something you come back from. Like you were evil. You don't just accidentally do that. Um, and then there's this whole issue of these celebrities that are so near and dear to our hearts. And then they do something horrible like that. Like, what do we do? Like, do we cancel them? Are they gone forever? Um, example, Michael Jackson, who, Recently, we've seen more um, of his victims coming forward and ex um, explaining their stories and saying what happened between them and Michael Jackson, who um, they say molested them as children. And a lot of people kind of just block that out of their minds. And a lot of people cancel Michael Jackson and don't want him in their life anymore. Um, and I, I don't really, I'm not going to advocate for one way or the other. Obviously, I think what he did was horrible. Um, but I think his impact on our culture and our society is so immeasurable. It's so huge. And he's left his mark in so many areas of our lives. Like to delete him from our culture entirely is impossible. That would take so long because of, you know, all of the movies, TV shows, everything that he's in, like he's such a part of our world and in the black community, he's so loved and like cherished, um, and, you know, living, he had a very complicated life. He suffered a lot and went through a lot mentally and emotionally and with his family and um, children and everything. And so, I don't know, it's really a personal thing. I can't really say whether we should 
Like, can we make a judgment call on a human being? I don't really know. Um, so that's, yeah, that's not really something I can give my opinion entirely on. Um, but I do think that we need to acknowledge the harm that people cause. And I think with certain people, I, you know, I don't accept them anymore. Um, and I think it's important that we stick to our morals and we don't financially support celebrities and artists who have done horrible things such as R. Kelly. Um, and a lot of people say, you know, the, the artist is separate from the artist. We, we can listen to the music, but we don't have to support like child rape or anything. However, if you're listening to someone's music, you are generating them revenue. So think about that. Like you are supporting them in a small way. And for me, giving up ignition, the remix to ignition is a lot, you know, easier than trying to live with myself listening to a monster. Um, it's not really worth having that in my life, that influence on my life. Um, so it's very complicated to talk about someone's legacy. Um, these celebrities, Michael Jackson, Nipsey Hussle, for example, not saying what the two did are similar, but part of their legacy is contribution to uplifting a marginalized community. They're cherished, they're, you know, community heroes, they're beloved. But another part of their legacy is mass harm, um, you know, supporting societal oppression and how do we you know how do we deal with that how do we reconcile that in our minds it's hard it's hard and you know not everyone who dies is a good person automatically like I've said it before I'll say it again um a lot of (laughs) former presidents and you know famous white people old men literal war criminals die and people you know think it's a national tragedy and I'm sorry I don't think it is like just because someone dies doesn't make it a tragedy doesn't make it that big of a loss if they were a horrible person (laughs) um people aren't good or bad we gotta acknowledge the pain that people cause um if someone tries to do better and puts in the work educates themselves and really tries to you know reconcile with the community that they've harmed um for example Jay-Z used to be known for having really homophobic lyrics And recently he was awarded um, by GLAAD saying that he's one of the top allies um, in Hollywood. So people, people can change. People can, you know, learn better and do better. And that's what it's always about. It's never about getting to that point where you're like, I'm done. I'm 100% woke. Like no more educating myself because you'll never get there. Like you might be woke in one thing and you might be still ignorant in another. Um, And so... I think if people really put in that work, we should be willing to let them back into our lives and back into our culture. Um, Because otherwise, you know, why that's just encouraging people to not do better and to just stay angry and be like, why am I being canceled? I don't understand. Like if we try to have a conversation with them, like we might really lead to a great bridge of understanding and some serious actual change. Um, So I recommend people don't live in fear of being canceled and live in fear of being labeled problematic. Um, You know, try to have open thought. Obviously, think about what you're saying. Don't be saying things that are offensive just because you think you have immunity or something. But once you educate yourself and you have some questions or you have some, like, issues with things you've read and you think that they might be oppressing people in a way that no one has thought of before, like, you know, find... Find someone where you can have that open communication with, because I think we need to encourage free thought in the society, not just accept what we're being told, um, whether it's by liberals, conservatives, whoever. 
because they all have an agenda, not like the gay agenda, which doesn't exist, but <laughs> in politics, there is a lot of corruption and there's a lot of um, vested interests. So we really like want to think for ourselves and think in terms of revolution, like revolutionizing society for a better society, for social justice, for all people. Um, and it really just boils down to being the least problematic we can be at all times, not just for the sake of saving our public image, like celebrities, um, just to be a good person, just to do the world good, just to use our privilege for some sort of good by fighting against that system of oppression. Um, that's my overall message is just do better. Um, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Like that's, that's a tragedy that he was killed before he could make amends for this whole, um, homophobic situation. But, you know, hopefully it'll be a lesson to other people that we don't want to die with unaddressed harms in our lives. Um, we all do wrong and we just got to be willing to admit it and make amends if we can. And if not keep doing better, just keep pushing to be better every single day because we all can. Um, so that's my final message. Keep doing better. Um, keep educating yourself and I will catch you all next time. Thank you so much for listening.